Welcome to the GoTo Wellness Pro podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you strategically grow a thriving and profitable health business online. Each week, we dive into new topics surrounding design and tech so that you can take action and have a brand and business you're super confident in. I'm your host, Julie Ralston, and the owner of Jules Design, a website design studio who helps ambitious wellness pros and holistic business owners grow their brands through intentional design. To learn more about working with me, head to julesdesign.co. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the GoTo Wellness Pro Podcast. This is episode 22, and today we're going to be talking all about how to create irresistible content and get more website traffic because that is really the goal. You want to get more website traffic and convert that traffic, those people, into clients, email list subscribers, whatever whatever you want to convert them into becoming, you know, Um, whether it's a program, like a one-to-many program or a one-on-one service. Either way, the goal is to convert that traffic to actually take an action and to work with you eventually. I think that creating irresistible content is a great strategy to get more traffic to your website and then in turn convert more people to work with you. So that's what we're going to be talking all about today. And I think a good place to get started is just to talk about why you would want to create content because obviously creating content is a lot of work. And when I'm working with um, some of my clients, you know, I hear that they're on the fence about starting a blog or maybe a podcast or doing YouTube videos or something. And that the main reason they decide not to do it is just the time commitment. And it does take a lot of time to create content and especially to do it consistently And a lot of my clients will be nervous that they won't be able to keep up with a content schedule, or maybe they're not even sure how to go about creating that content schedule. But the thing is that creating content really allows you to be seen as an expert. And creating content and posting irregularly and consistently on your website shows that you really, truly know your stuff. So if your website is very information-based, and doesn't have that content that's really dynamic, like a blog or a podcast or YouTube videos that we're going to be talking about in this episode, then it starts to look like a static brochure. And that's not what we want your website to look like. It's not going to be as effective if it doesn't have that dynamic content aspect to it. And that's where creating content really comes into play. I mean, another thing, even just forgetting about the dynamicness and also making sure that you're seen as an expert, but it also just shows that you actually are still in business and exist online. So I personally really don't like going to websites without that dynamic content because I never know if they're actually still in business or not. And I often will have to visit like a social media site or something like that just to check to see if this person still exists um, and you know if the website's out of date. Um, especially if they do have a blog and they're not keeping up with it, I will tend to think like, oh, okay, well, they're not keeping up with the blog. Maybe they're not in business anymore. You know, I don't know. My mind runs wild. Maybe that doesn't happen to everyone. But um, point is, (laughs) don't treat your website like a static brochure. That's pretty boring. (laughs) And it unfortunately doesn't allow for you to show off what you know, and you are an expert. So you deserve to show off what you know. 
And this isn't showing off in like a braggy way or anything like that. It really is good to show that you know your stuff in relation to health, wellness, fitness, whatever your niche is. It's really important to show that and creating content allows you to do that really, really well and allows you to be seen as an expert online. So another reason you'd want to start creating content regularly is that it drives traffic back to your website and ultimately to your sales funnel. So creating content on social media is great, but ultimately you want to drive traffic to your sales funnel and your website is really the place to do that. You can also drive traffic to your sales funnel on social media, but oftentimes we're driving traffic on social media to our website, to our sales funnel. Obviously, it depends on your strategy, but it kind of all uh, goes back to your website. Your website can really be the core of where your sales funnel strategy begins. And that's kind of how I like to think about it when I'm working with my clients. When I'm approaching it in a strategic way, I want to make sure that their website is going to help them make sales. So kind of a basic strategy that you can sort of use as a guide here is to create content on your website and drive traffic to that content using social media, SEO, Pinterest, you know, YouTube, whatever. (laughs) Um, And then once that traffic's on your site, you can provide valuable and relevant content and convert those people into email list subscribers, for instance. And from there, you can nurture that lead and eventually invite them to work with you and offer your paid offerings to them. So that just puts somebody into kind of that know, like, and trust world where they're getting to know you on your website. You're providing a lot of value. They're starting to like you. They join your email list. You nurture them even more. They get to know you even more. They like you even more. They're trusting you. And now they're ready for that invite to actually work with you. So instead of just going for the sale, right away, we want to really like nurture those leads and that's going to convert a lot better. So getting people onto an email list allows you to really nurture those leads. And that's a lot of times what I end up doing for my clients is really making sure that their email list strategy is in place and that it's working really well on their website because ultimately we want to convert people into email list leads, which is kind of the same thing as getting people into a sales funnel strategy. They go hand in hand. And that's not to say that you can't ask for the sale on your website. You should, and you should still have, you know, calls to action on your website to book people directly. It doesn't necessarily need to happen through your email list, but that will lead to a higher conversion rate because those people are really getting to know you better, but not like not every single person that comes to your website is brand new. So some people are going to visit your website a bunch of times before they're ready to buy. So having those buttons still really easy to access, those CTAs just being really obvious and easy, they're still going to be really helpful. And that's also still a really important part of your strategy. So the design overall needs to be set up to convert too. So it's kind of both. You want to convert people onto your sales funnel and also just convert people to buy from you on your site. They're both really important. They go hand in hand, but it all comes back to content creation and that strategy and bringing it all together. 
And the third reason that you should be creating content on your website is that it allows people to get to know you, like you, and trust you. And I sort of touched on this earlier because I talk about know, like, and trust all the time. I feel like it comes up on almost every podcast episode. I'm saying it over and over again, but people don't buy from faceless brands. They like to buy from people that they know, like, and trust. So creating content is a great way to get to know your audience, help them with a problem, and create that conversion. So creating content expedites the like, know, and trust response that people have with you. This is true whether the content is on your website or not. So for instance, social media, webinars are a great place to create content, but I like to use my website as sort of like a central hub for people to get to know me and I can invite them there to engage engage in other forms of content that I create. So that way your content has a purpose. It's not just content for no reason because nobody wants that. You you want to be strategic with your content. You want to make sure that your content uh, feeds into your email opt-in so that people are on your email list and you can eventually uh, nurture them and provide that, that sales, uh, that invitation for the sale. So we want your content to always have a strategy, but also the strategy can be developing that no like and trust on your website and creating valuable content is really going to help you to do that. So now that you know why you should create content, let's go into the kinds of content you can create on your website and the ways you can make this kind of content more irresistible along the way. First up is blogging. Blogging is written content that you publish regularly on your website's blog page. I'm sure you've heard of it before. It's definitely not a brand new concept here, but it is a really good option for you if you enjoy writing versus talking things out. And it's going to be more effective if you have visuals to go along with your articles. It doesn't necessarily need to be tons of photos or anything like that, but even just some nice graphics that you can then like pin to Pinterest or something like that, that's going to be really helpful and make your blogging more effective and allow it to be seen by more people. So the good thing about blogging is that it's a relatively quick way to create content and put it onto your website for the world to read. It's pretty low tech and it doesn't require much work besides, you know, outlining, draft, refining, and posting the content. Maybe you're creating some graphics for Pinterest, like I was saying. Um, But you can get it down into a system and you can even sort of do bulk writing days to speed up the process. There's a lot of things you can do to really expedite blogging processes and make that a lot easier on yourself too, like productivity wise. It's probably the easiest way to create content, but for that reason, it's also the most, I would say the most common way on your website, at least to create content. So there are more blogs and more people (laughs) um, in your niche blogging. That's just going to happen, especially if your niche um, isn't like super specific or something. Um, There's probably other people blogging about the exact same topics out there. So if you wanna stand out from the competition, This may not be the best long-term or sole solution to to be focusing on blogging unless you can really put your unique spin on it or you want to niche down further. And I'm not not saying that blogging is bad. I blogged for a really long time and I enjoyed it and everything like that. Um, But you may want to consider blogging with other forms of engaging with your audience and creating content. So 
maybe using blogging alongside other things will get you better results than just simply blogging. So for instance, you could create video content on social media by doing Facebook lives, Instagram lives, Instagram stories. So you're creating the video content and you're also blogging. You can even like reuse some of the same content and post it in two totally different ways. So I'm all about reusing content and on different platforms and things like that. Like if somebody follows you on social media, they're not necessarily looking at your blog. So it's okay to post about the same thing in two different places. You do not have to create unique content for all of these different platforms. That would be exhausting. So don't do that. Um, You could also host regular webinars for your email list. So again, like kind of nurturing your email list and providing more value. That's great. Um, So you can use blogging and then other ways of communication and engagement to really create a well-rounded plan for content creation. So just try showing up in another way besides just written content. So people can connect with you in other ways. So maybe try doing video content, audio content, something like that to just make sure that you're showing up in a way besides just written content because you will build that connection faster. Okay, moving right along to video content. So in particular, the kind of video content that I'm talking about here is really YouTube videos or you could do Vimeo videos as well. But video is an excellent way to create content because your audience will be able to build a connection with you really quickly. So especially in comparison to written content, when people can see and hear you, they're going to build that connection a lot faster. So therefore you end up building that like, know, and trust factor really quickly. And that's, you know, that's going to really help with conversion on your website. It's just something about seeing people, looking them in the eyes. (laughs) I think it really just helps to solidify that trust and show that you are a really nice, genuine person and you're being really helpful. So just something about that just always, always helps. So that's why I really recommend, especially if you enjoy blogging, that's totally fine, but just incorporating some other type of video content into your life. It's going to make a really big difference because then people can connect with you in multiple ways. Another thing that's great about creating like YouTube videos in particular is that you show up on another social media, really a search engine platform, which is YouTube. (laughs) And you can post the videos to your website's blog. So you kind of get to, I mean, you're creating one form of content, but you're posting it in two different places. So you can reuse the same content in multiple places. So you're showing up on YouTube, you're being found by new people using their SEO and people can engage with you too in the comments and stuff. So uh, they definitely have sort of, it's sort of a combination between SEO and social media, I feel like on YouTube. And then you're also able to update your website with the exact same content. So you can post the YouTube video with a little like overview of what's on the YouTube video in essentially a blog post. So you're also being able to update your website and show your expertise there, showing that you still exist, showing that you're creating content and that you're here to help and building that like, know, and trust in those two different places. And of course, you can also create other forms of video content on social media, webinars, but I'm primarily focused on video as it pertains to your website for this podcast episode, but I think other forms of video are great too. Like I was talking about earlier, especially with blogging, you know, doing some webinars, doing Instagram lives, stuff like that. 
I do think that your website is a really important like central hub for content creation because you want to send people to your website. You want them to be able to read your content there and then you can convert them to join your email list and buy from you to buy from you. You're just going to convert a lot better when you're getting people over to your website to learn more about you. So one thing to consider with video is that it definitely can take some time to record, edit, and post videos. You likely won't be able to churn out videos as quickly as you can write a blog post, for instance. But the payoff is more of that trust from your ideal clients. You're going to gain that trust much faster because you're connecting with them, you know, by showing your face and talking to them, talking directly to them. So if you're in a position to do so, you could also hire somebody to help speed up the process, which might make creating video content a little bit easier and more feasible for you. So maybe you just record the videos and then you hire someone to help with editing them. Maybe you have a virtual assistant who can post your videos to your blog and post them on social media, add all the SEO keywords, all that stuff. There's a lot of things you can do to speed up the process. So just think about how you could do that if you are feeling like you want to do YouTube videos, but you're maybe feeling like it's a big time commitment and you can't quite get that to work. So um, just something to think about. There are definitely a lot of advantages to doing video content. And then finally, the third type of content we're going to talk about today is podcasting. And I'm probably a little biased here, but I think podcasting is really fun. And I think it would be a great fit for you if you prefer to talk things out versus writing things down. And this is one of the main reasons that I switched from blogging to podcasting. I actually didn't really love writing posts and especially editing them. That just wasn't really that fun for me. And I, I kind of started to dread it, especially the editing and refining process. I prefer to just write a quick outline or a rough draft and then start recording and talking things through. That's just how I am. <laughs> That's how my brain works, I guess. I just enjoy that more. So podcasting was a good fit for me. And if you, if you're like resonating with what I'm saying, it might be a good fit for you too. Podcasting also allows your audience to get to know you better because you can share more of your personality using audio. Um, it's not going to be quite as much of a connection as you get with video because you're not getting that face-to-face. -face. But you can definitely show a little bit more of your personality when you're podcasting. And I think that's great. I like just being able to be myself and sit down and talk and not worry about all the little ums and so's and stuff like that. I don't try to make my podcast episodes perfect by any means. And I think that that really just helps to you know, just infuse a little bit of my personality in there. I like to just sit down and have a conversation, I guess, is what I'm saying. Another big perk, though, about podcasting compared to video is that you don't have to get ready for the day or you can totally just record a podcast episode in yoga pants and a messy bun, which I am totally doing right now because I went to yoga earlier today and I'm still in my yoga pants and my messy bun. I'm not going to change for the day. I'm quite comfortable, actually. <laughs> so if you're like me and you prefer not really getting super dressed up for the day, don't really like wearing makeup and stuff like that, then podcasting might be for you. I know that's my preference. I really just prefer podcasting and not having to, you know, worry about lighting and stuff like that, too. With video, there's just a lot of things to think about. 
a little bit more of a setup there. Um, and another amazing perk of podcasting, and this is probably my favorite thing for podcasting so far, is that you can really go in depth on subjects. So if you want to help your audience with larger problems or go into detail about your expertise and you're maybe a little bit more long-winded, <laughs> then this is going to be the best content creation option for you because you can just sit down and talk and just really put all of that information out there that you have about a subject and really help someone. So I love that. That's one of the main reasons that I love podcasting. If I were doing YouTube videos, they would probably be way too long. <laughs> you know what I mean? If anything, I need to cut down my podcast episodes at this point. Some of them have been very long. And that's something I'm just working on as I go. And you'll find, you know, what the perfect length is for you with time. I would say with any of these content creation methods, like just starting, not worrying about it being perfect, your first YouTube video or your first podcast episode, it's not going to be your best ever podcast episode, YouTube video, or even a blog post. It's not. You're going to get better as you go and you're going to start feeling more comfortable and get into your rhythm as you continue on. So push through the awkward phases and just keep going because content creation does get easier. Depending on the type of podcast you are creating, podcasting is also a fantastic way to collaborate with other business owners. So this is another one of my favorite things about podcasting, even though I'm just getting started with bringing guests onto the Go To Wellness Pro podcast, I have loved it. Getting to know other people um, in my niche has been really helpful. And if you create a podcast, it's going to be a lot easier for you. You're going to feel a lot more comfortable to reach out to other business owners and see if they want to be on your podcast and get to know them. <laughs> you know, it just, it really opens up that connection and that communication with other entrepreneurs. And I have absolutely loved being able to do that until I can fuse more of that into my business in general. So not only does it open up the doors for you to invite people onto your podcast, but just collaboration in general, you know, if people are on my podcast, we we end up becoming friends and we're getting to know each other. And that can lead to me collaborating in the future with their audience too as well. So, you know, with a lot of people, you end up showing up on both sides. You invite them on, you know, your podcast. Maybe you go on their podcast or you do a Facebook Live with them or something like that. Like there's so many different ways to collaborate and just opening up that communication and having that first step of inviting someone to come on your podcast can be a really great way to do that and to build that connection with other entrepreneurs. But just like with video, podcasting definitely takes some time. So you need to record an often very long episode and then edit it. Um, so again, this is going to be potentially a longer episode than a video even would be. You could hire somebody to help with the editing process or the posting process to make things easier on yourself, just like with video. But it is definitely doable to do by yourself. I do it all by myself right now. Definitely takes more time than blogging did when I was blogging before, but I think it's worth it. And I've really enjoyed the editing process. Okay, so now that we've gone over those three types of content that you can create specifically on your website, there's lots of other ways to create content, but for the purposes of your website and posting on your website, those are kind of the three that you're going to see. So now we want to make that content more irresistible, more life-changing. So how can we do that? 
Number one is that strategy. So you want to add an email opt-in incentive to your post to make it more strategic. So the goal should be to get people on your email list so that you can nurture that lead, get to know them, and eventually offer your paid thing, your paid one-to-many service. Um, sorry, your one-on-one service or one-to-many offering. So how can you do this? If you have a blog post at the end of the blog post and maybe even throughout the post, um, you can create a opt-in incentive and have that at the bottom and have people sign up for your email list. Then they're on your email list. You can nurture that lead. So just make sure that whatever the opt-in incentive you're creating is relevant to the post. It has something to do with it. So you're creating a checklist or a challenge or whatever it is as long as it's relevant and makes sense with the content you're creating in the post so it should just kind of be a helpful next step to the the content and the value that they're getting within that post and same thing goes for a podcast episode or a youtube video you just want to drive that traffic then from your podcast episode um, especially if somebody's listening on itunes for instance instead of on your website or from a YouTube video, if they're listening and tuning in on YouTube, you just also have to consider that you're you're also driving traffic from that place to back to your website so that somebody can join that email opt-in incentive. So again, just offering something at the end of the episode or the end of the YouTube video, mentioning it, and then saying, you know, links in the description if it's for a YouTube video or check out the show notes for a podcast episode. Just making sure that you're always getting those email opt-in incentives and you're mentioning them in the episode and then putting them in the show notes or back on your website so that people can join and opt in. So to create content that's more irresistible, you want to create content that your ideal client is going to love. So what does your ideal client actually need help with? Don't just create posts or content just to create content. Do some market research and find out what your ideal client is struggling with and then make content that they would be searching for or they'd be interested in learning more about or that they genuinely need your help with. Also consider what your paid offering is. How can you sort of give a nice first step, first introduction, a way to help somebody with maybe a more simple pain point that ties into what your paid offering is? Because oftentimes your ideal client is probably struggling with something that's related to your your main paid offering. And then you can help them, give them a nice first step, give them some something that can give a life-changing impact. And then your paid offering is going to make a lot more sense when it comes time to mention that later. And then you're getting the right people on your email list. We don't want to get everybody on your email list. You want to get your ideal client on there. Um, quality over quantity is really important when it comes to email list growth. It's not about just getting a really high email list number. It's about getting the right people on your list because that's who's going to connect with you. You're going to be able to nurture them and they're also going to really benefit from what you're selling. And when it comes to content, also consider how this is going to improve SEO on your website. So You can um, improve SEO on both like Pinterest, for instance, or just SEO like Google standard SEO, what you would think. So make sure that you are using SEO to your advantage to find new audience members. So again, thinking back to what does your ideal client need help with so that then when someone's just searching for that on Google, they're going to find you. And a great plugin for 
SEO in general for search results is um, Yoast SEO. If you're using WordPress, that is. Check out Yoast SEO because you can customize the title tags and the meta descriptions for all of your blog posts so that you can you can show up in Google much easier. Yoast just makes that process really simple and they will kind of walk you through if you're going to rank well with the focus keyword you're choosing with the title tag you're choosing in the meta description, they'll just kind of give you a little like green smiley face and that's what you want to go for. Once you get that green smiley face, you know like, okay, I've actually optimized my SEO and this is this is ready to go. This post is ready to post. So definitely check out that plugin if you haven't already. That will help to improve your SEO and bring in new people to your website just through organic search. And then as far as your Pinterest strategy goes, Pinterest is basically an SEO platform as well, a search engine platform. It's not really a social media platform. They do have a comments feature and things like that. But for the most part, I mean, I don't really use comments much or anything like that. I use it to search for things, to read articles, to pin things for later, like recipes and things. But I use it to search. I use that search bar at the top more than I use anything else on Pinterest. So You can use Pinterest as a great way to bring in new leads to your website and to grow your email list and build build a list of people that you can nurture and sell to eventually who are all your ideal client. So best way to do that is to create Pinterest graphics for all of your posts. Again, whether this is blog posts, podcast episodes, YouTube videos. So you're going to want to make really cute Pinterest graphics that are those vertical pins they're going to, you're going to want them to go along with your brand identity, look really nice on your website, be really consistent so that that way when someone sees them on Pinterest, they will start to build that brand recognition and know that those graphics belong to you. When they click over to your website, they'll then be in a place that also looks really familiar and looks a lot like the graphics. So again, building that brand recognition, making sure that your graphics and your website and your brand are all really consistent and looking nice and are easy to read. On Pinterest, easy to read is really important because you don't want to use some really crazy script font or a bunch of fonts all together or something like that so that it's going to be really messy and jumbled and hard to read. So simple is better. If you're creating the graphics yourself and you're DIYing in Canva, use simple fonts that are easy to read. Use um, a photo or a nice color that's within your brand palette and post that to Pinterest. So you can share it to group boards. You can join Tailwind. Um, That's what I use for all of my Pinterest scheduling. And that's really helpful because I can schedule out a ton of pins in advance. I can loop my own pins. And I've also joined tribes in there, which is really similar to group boards. And you can pin your content there as well. And it continues to get pinned by other tribe members. So, so many things you can do with Pinterest. It's It's the type of thing that once you set it up, it kind of just goes on autopilot. I mean, I have to schedule posts once a week. You can do it once a month. You can do it as often as you like. It depends how much you want to schedule at once. But you can kind of schedule it and then forget about it for a while. So I just like to do it once a week on Fridays because Fridays are a day when you kind of want to do a little bit of something, some kind of mindless activity. And Pinterest scheduling is one of those things where you just go in, you schedule a bunch of pins, you get everything organized, and then it just is set up for the week ahead. So definitely do some stuff with Pinterest. It's a great way to get traffic to your website. When you're creating all this content, you want to make sure that people are seeing it. And Pinterest is a great way to do that. 
Another way to make your content more irresistible or just to be seen by more people is to collaborate with other business owners. So this is going to really depend on the type of content you're creating. But if you're blogging, you can try guest blogging. So you can allow people to come onto your blog and write a guest blog post. You can also seek out other business owners within your niche that kind of have a very similar audience to yours and try to guest blog on their website. So that way you're kind of collaborating with each other, getting to know each other. The same goes with podcast episodes. Podcasts are a really natural way to collaborate. And I was sort of talking about this earlier. And it's one of the reasons that I love podcasting so much is it's just really easy to reach out to other business owners to get to know other people and invite them onto your episode. And same goes if they have a podcast episode. People are always looking for people to interview on their podcasts and create content. So definitely look into being on people's podcasts, especially if the audience is really similar to the one you're trying to attract. Same with YouTube videos. There are collabs that you can do. So there are great ways to collaborate on all sorts of content creation, blogging, YouTube videos, podcasting. Make sure you're collaborating with other entrepreneurs because that's going to really help to Uh, help with visibility and it's going to help you get in front of a new audience but an audience that actually is filled with your ideal client another thing that you can do to make your content more irresistible is to create follow-up content to nurture your new leads so I was talking about an email opt-in earlier and that's great but what if you funneled content into something more interactive so that you can continue to get to know your ideal client and provide value to them So you could create that email opt-in incentive and then offer these things to your email list. You can advertise them on your website because your website is a dynamic place and your email opt-in incentive can always be changing. It does not have to be the same. So what am I talking about with these more interactive content sort of things? Things like webinars, challenges, Instagram or Facebook lives, Facebook groups even where you're going to be really active and you're communicating with people. Um, So how can you continue to build that connection in other places beyond your website? Then also, how can you continue to bring that traffic back to your website so that when people are ready to purchase, they're on (laughs) your website, they're on the place where like your sales page exists, where your, you know, inquiry form is or however people are taking the next step to work with you because that's all going to be on your website and your website is that central hub. And if you need a little bit more help with your website, I'll link up the wellness website workbook, which is a workbook that will guide you through all of the things you're going to want to put on your website. So you can actually audit an existing website if you already have one. And it's also going to help you to strategically build a homepage and about page, all the pages on your site in a way that's really going to make sense. And that's going to guide people through your site in a strategic way so that you can get them to take that action of joining your email list, buying from you, whatever it is. We want to make sure that your website's really strategic and makes sense. So check out the wellness website workbook if you want a little bit more help with your website and creating irresistible content. And I will be back next week with a brand new episode of the Go To Wellness Pro Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. For more episodes, show notes, and to learn more about working with me, head to julesdesign.co. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would take just a couple minutes to head over to iTunes and leave a review. And if you're not already, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, sending lots of love and support, and I'll see you next week.